0: The four mistakes that new authors absolutely must avoid if they want to achieve amazing success with today's special guest, Derek Depker, on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ConvertKit. To find out how ConvertKit can help you grow your business, save money, and increase your relationship with your email list, head over to servenomaster.com ConvertKit right now.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
0: Yeah, so I'm really excited to uh, finally connect with you. Actually, it's cool that Jesse was able to connect us and him been friends for almost 10 years now. So I'd love to really hear how you transitioned from doing a lot of direct marketing stuff. I know you're doing a lot of stuff, I think in the fitness space, if I remember right. And then you moved really into teaching a lot about how people can become successful on Amazon. And how did you kind of go through that transition?
2: So for me, I mean, health and fitness started out more as ultimately, I kind of say the big picture thing was a way to create financial freedom for myself to do music, which was originally my intention was to become a rock star. So it's been it's been a number of stepping stones uh, to ultimately get to the authorship. So the health and fitness was to create the online business. And what ended up just working well for me after a lot of failed attempts at different things, affiliate marketing, blogging, YouTube videos, even my first couple books uh, didn't really go anywhere. My Kindle book, 50 Fitness Tips You Wish You Knew, it took off, uh, become a number one bestseller. And the success of that, I looked at it and I was like, I really wish someone had taught me certain things that I didn't learn in the different courses and things that I had studied for Kindle publishing and self-publishing. And so I think it was my own desire to sort of uh, teach others what what I wish I knew, just like the book 50 Fitness Tips You Wish You Knew was teaching people the fitness information I wish I knew. So that's how I I started to transition into also doing authorship trainings several months after that book became a, a number one bestseller. And, uh, for the next year or so over 2013, I kind of straddled, uh, both health and fitness and authorship. And now more and more I'm doing authorship and I'd say more just general personal development and success type of, of training.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of your training. I went through a couple of your courses before getting together on this phone call and I have to stab in very impressed. What would you say is the biggest mistake that new people on Amazon make, that new independent authors and people moving into that space make?
2: You know, it's it's hard to say the the biggest mistake I had to really go big picture and say that it's not treating it like a business. They treat it like, like a hobby. And then they wonder why they're not successful. And I can appreciate where my background being a musician, I can see certain things I can relate to of what I'd call, let's say, the creative types, which is I just want to do what i love i want to do what i think looks cool or sounds good or you know people are are like an idiot if they don't get how good this this book is or whatever even though it's got a crappy cover even though the title isn't captivating all these different things so really understanding the business side of things and marketing and so i'm grateful that i had a background in in you know, studying online marketing in, in the marketing world that gave me an appreciation for it where I was able to combine that also with my creative sensibilities. And it's not either be creative and do something cool and, you know, valuable or just be a total ripoff and and knockoff, you actually have this this balance of of both where you model what works and you sort of imitate what works and at the same time, you add your own creativity to it. So that's ultimately about understanding business and, and the role of business is to go and provide value, deliver to people what they want, give people what they also are looking for and at the same time, be able to stand out and be creative in that process so it's not just a carbon copy or another me too book that's out there, which is this delicate yin yang type of balance and, and dance that takes place, which is actually a business principle. So creativity and the creative expression that I have a, a great appreciation for as a as a music composer actually goes hand in hand with business. And I used to think they were kind of at odds and, and it's not the case at all.
0: You mentioned something that I always find fascinating and that so many independent authors, they have, we just, I always see these terrible covers and I wonder, especially with creative people, like people can identify a bad cover unless it's their own. Why do so many independent (laughs) authors come up with just like brutal covers?
2: Well, there could be there could be a number of reasons that I guess one is maybe looking at it from a purely functional standpoint and, and maybe a should mentality. Well, people shouldn't judge a book by its cover. They should judge it by its value. And, you know, we could play the should game all day long at the end of the day is what do people actually do? And people actually judge a book by its cover. So I know for myself, I get kind of frustrated. I'm like, oh, it shouldn't matter or whatever. But I've learned, you know, results speak for themselves. So one thing is just a, a mentality that it, it shouldn't matter. Another thing is, and you mentioned it, being able to identify in others and not, you know, oneself. And that is, that is really the big thing that we all deal with as human beings and that we have our blind spots and it's why i have uh, coaches or mentors where i get feedback uh, whether it's on covers i run surveys whether it's on book titles on book descriptions i mean it's it's just something about human nature is that when we're so in to something it's kind of it can be harder to be objective about it and as much as i can train my mind and take a step back and distance myself from my own work it's typically going to be a lot easier for someone else to give me honest outside feedback. And that's just the way it is. You know, there's nothing wrong if a doctor can't operate on themselves. That's just kind of the the way it is. So we we need other people, outsiders, to do certain uh, types of jobs and functions for us, which is why I I am a big fan of getting outside feedback uh, in a lot of different forms.
0: Some people really struggle with the thought of writing their first book or with the daunting task, they get kind of into the middle of the book and they can't find a way out. What do you recommend or how do you help authors that are kind of stuck in the writing phase?
2: Well, I mean, it could depend on what their particular, let's say, issue or challenge is. Some, it could be structural. Some, it could be a more of a psychological block or barrier, a number of things. So one general principle here is that it's Typically, better to prevent it than to try to fix something. You know, that's true with health and that's certainly true with business and book writing challenges. So, I was actually just last night talking to a woman who had a traditional publishing deal. She wrote her own book and she had a traditional publishing deal. And I was asking her about the difference. And she mentioned that with a traditional publisher, she would have to basically give them all of the chapter titles in advance, all of the this is what the heading is going to be the paragraph, the first paragraph, second paragraph, like break everything down and then go fill that in. And if she wanted to change any of it, she'd have to run it back by them for approval. And on one hand, she felt a little bit kind of restricted by that because she would start to get into it and then have to, you know, like, oh man, I want to change this or whatever. However, she was also freed up because by the time that was all set and approved, all it was then at that point was basically like fill in the blanks and the whole book came together much quicker because she set up the structure ahead of time, had it planned out ahead of time compared to her own book where she said it took like a couple years because she'd get in the middle of it and she's like, no, I want to change this or I don't like this anymore and all that. And so there's an element of having the discipline to structure something that can be useful while also having some freedom and flexibility to make some some adjustments. And once again, it's a balancing act. So the more an author can do to get something structured ahead of time, great. If it's too structured, it doesn't allow for the natural organic flow. If there's no structure though, that's when it's just like this never ending, always changing work that never seems to get done. So finding what the author needs in that case, do they need more freedom? Do they need to kind of maybe break out of some of the boxes that they put on themselves to move forward? Or do they need to put on some more constraints and actually Discipline themselves to work more within a structure. And for some authors, that's going to help them move forward. So I'll, I, come back to, you know, physical fitness analogies It's kind of like sometimes what people need is rest and recovery and some stretching in order to move forward. Some people might need more resistance training and strengthening and contraction to move forward. And ultimately we kind of want this balance of both. So there's not going to be a, a one size fits all answer. It's understanding that there's kind of a balancing act between these two different components of, of structure as well as flexibility and figuring out what's going to best serve an author in that moment.
0: How can people transition? How can someone who's a new author transition from just being someone who wrote a book to someone who's starting or building a business?
2: So this is, one thing is, if a person has written a book, I would say they've already created their business. And so getting in the in the mentality that, it's kind of like even with a, a book writer, once you're writing a book, you're an author or you're an aspiring author, you're a writer. Uh, once you have a book, you you have your business. Your book is your business. So if it's talking about building a bigger business on the back end, one thing that I would say is that's something to really consider some of these things ahead of time and what do I want my book to accomplish for me? Do I want it to give me more exposure? Do I want to sell something on the back end? Do I want to sell other books in a series? These are all things to start considering ideally before you even write the book because the book is set up and positioned to then support those other things. And at the same time, for some, it's going to be a learning process of figuring out – I'm going to put out books and see what resonates with people and then I might, once I have enough readers, see what they want and then build a business or a product or more. You know, give my readers just basically more of what they want or what they ask for. So that's build the audience first and then create the product or service for that audience that's built. These are kind of big picture answers because it's definitely going to be something that's an individual approach for what a person's goals are. And I've seen so many different things work that that's the beautiful thing slash overwhelming thing is that there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it and part of it is modeling what works and then part of it's also realizing that just because it's another person's path, it might not be my path.
0: What advice do you have for people that are trying to find the topic they should write about or they know they want to write something but they have no idea what type of audience they can find or what topic they should write about?
2: So there's traditionally two kind of schools of thought or approaches to this. One is you do research on what is what is popular and you go write for that or what is popular in less competition and and you write for that. And there's ways through various keyword research and doing category research and software and lots of lots of tools on on that. So that is one approach, and I know some people are successful with that. since it's not the approach that I have personally taken or taught as much, is something that I would say, you know, that's an option. And if you want to know more of the know how, you know, find the people that that are doing that. And there's certainly a number of trainers out there. My approach is another way of going about doing it, and that is really asking yourself, what am I personally passionate about? What do I have knowledge on? What, I'm, what am I an expert on? And it comes more from within. And for that number of others and myself included take the basic approach of, you know, what, Would I teach myself, you know, myself that was five years younger than where I'm at right now, or even a year younger or 10 years younger. So I think about Derek five years ago, what do, what would I have taught myself about book publishing or Derek when I first started out or about health and fitness or about, you know, whatever. For some people it would be, you know, in a relationship after a number of broken relationships and they finally, you know, figure it out. What would I have told my younger self that would have saved me a lot of, a lot of headache, a lot of struggle or would have really uh, helped me out. And so that's, that's another approach, which is really looking at your own knowledge and expertise or another variation of that is looking at the people who maybe already come to you? Are there people who come to you? And this is speaking more for the advice, how to type of of books for advice. You know, what are they asking you advice on? And that's when I learned that even though I was aspiring musician and a broke valet parker, when I first got started, I still had people coming to me for health and fitness advice. And at first I was like, well, there's so many other people who are like actually established, like big name people, like, yeah, I know a lot about health and fitness, but this is just a hobby for me. And what I realized is that people weren't buying, you know, the knowledge or the information which they could have found anywhere. They were buying my perspective and they were buying the trust that they, they were buying into the idea that they had trust in me. They knew me, they saw my results, they trusted me as a friend, and that's why they came to me for advice. And so when I started seeing how many people came to me for advice on that topic, that's when it empowered me and, and gave me the confidence to say that, you know what, people are coming to me, they want to hear from me, so I'm going to start to share what I know about this topic. So that's that's the other overall approach is looking at your own knowledge, your own background, your own passions for whatever you like to talk about, whatever gets you fired up, and whatever will just sort of come out of you naturally.
0: What do you see as the future of the book market? There have been a lot of you know big changes over the last 10 and 20 years from all paperback to these digital platforms, Kindles and Nooks and all these devices, how do you see things moving forward over the next three, five, 10 years?
2: Well, for me personally, an area that I've seen growing in my own business and for a number of other authors is the audiobook market. So I believe that's going to continue to grow and get bigger and bigger. Like a podcast, for instance, right? It's audio and in just the fact that if you're listening to listening to this, listening to other podcasts, it goes to show you that even though they've been around for a number of years, they're continuing to grow in popularity. So that's one trend that I see increasing, which is why I've gotten almost all of my books now in audiobook format. So I believe that's going to be a, a, a big thing. As far as the the other marketplaces, it seems like Amazon is really starting to dominate the ebook marketplace with Kindle. And also the brick and mortar stores do not seem to be doing as well. That being said, you know, I really don't, I really don't have too many predictions of the future. Things can change uh, so rapidly with technology. I believe though that the audio uh, market will continue to grow.
0: What happens for someone, they write their first book, they spend two or three years writing it, blood, sweat, and tears, they finally release it onto Amazon, and nobody's buying it, nobody's leaving reviews, they're not getting any traction. What advice do you have for someone who's in that situation and they're just feeling like they put in all this work for nothing and they're starting to feel really down?
2: Well, it's something that I can I can definitely relate to. When I first wrote a my first book was about 350 pages and it was it wasn't originally on Amazon it was a it's really a PDF and it was a video training course and audio training and I spent months and months and months putting this together and hours uh i can't even keep track of how many hours of work and that's not even counting you know almost 10 years of my life to even accumulate the knowledge to put into it that's just the time it took to put it together and so when i launched that i actually had a name your own price uh, where friends and family they could pay as little as a dollar to get access to this this book and to these audios and videos and, you know, I sold only a, a small handful of copies, basically like my mom and my, like my sister and a few close friends, like that was it. And so it was so frustrating. And then I launched uh, my first Kindle book and I sold probably about three copies of that in the first few months. And it felt like I would wasted so much time and money. And I know that When that happened for me, it could also be discouraging thinking, well, what's the point? You know, why even keep going forward? Or this was all such a waste. What I found, though, is that when I kept going and when I took that experience and learned the lessons from it, I was eventually able to take what I needed to learn from that and grow to the point where my second and ultimately my third book, my third book became a number one bestseller. And a lot of the information in that third book was drawing upon content that I put in that original book. And some of the books that have failed launches eventually, with more knowledge, took off and became successful. And so, even though it felt like a failure at the time, you know, what felt like a setback was really a setup for a breakthrough that came down the road. And so, if I t- take the context and change it to college. There are many people who will spend four years to get a college degree. They'll spend tens of thousands of dollars to get this degree. And there's not even a guarantee when they get out of college that they're going to have a job or, or make any money. And, Yet they'll do it because it's like I'm investing in the future of making income. Well, I wrote a lot of papers in college that never made me any money, but I wasn't worried about it because it wasn't about making money with that paper. It was about getting the education so I would I would be successful later. Well, those early books, the failed launches, the books that didn't sell – That was an investment in my education that allowed me to later on become a best-selling author and release multiple best-selling books. And ultimately, what's a couple months and even a few thousand dollars invested in order to have financial freedom in order to be able to publish best selling book after best selling book in order to establish myself as an author i'm like that's ultimately a relatively small price to pay in the grand scheme of things so for the author who has gone through that that frustration it is frustrating like it's just straight up it sucks it's not fun and when you take a step back and go now what is this book if it doesn't do well now the beautiful thing is that doesn't mean can't You couldn't do a relaunch in three months. Doesn't mean that with a little bit more learning, you know, two weeks from now, you could learn something or put some pieces together that all of a sudden the book takes off. Some books, it's just like you put a new cover on it and then it takes off or you you retitle it. Or for other authors, it might be, okay, I just build up my fan base over the next couple months and then I go back and promote that book again and then it takes off. So think about the long-term. Think about the next year or two or several years and realize that that's just like like, oh, okay, I figured out something that didn't work. Let me adjust and continue and go on and that very same book could become a huge seller in the in the near future when you get the lessons from the experience.
0: Well that's amazing. I think that so many people they write that first book and they have put so much hope in it. They think oh once I release this book on Amazon I'll be rich forever. I can retire.
2: Yeah, and so they they set themselves up like they're putting it all on this book or this one outcome and really it's like uh, for me it's the thing that helped me a lot was when I wrote my first book and published it, not so much the very first book but the first kindle book that i did i had somewhat of the mentality that was a little bit of an experiment now the downside of that is maybe i didn't put in as much effort to it i was kind of testing the waters the upside though is that i wasn't attached to the outcome i was just going what do i learn from this okay the next book everything has almost a bit of a feel of an experiment to it or a case study of i'm going to figure out what works what doesn't work and what i'm going to do differently next time or do differently going forward and with that mentality you're always learning so the failed book you know quote unquote failed books you learn from but here's the thing even a successful book can success can be dangerous when it leads to complacency so the author who launches a book that's really successful if they don't ask themselves why it was successful or how they could be even more successful going forward then it's possible that they'll just go, okay, well, that worked. I can keep doing that. And then, you know, a year or two later, it's not working so well anymore if they don't continuously stay on top of their learning and, and continue to grow.
0: Some authors that I talked to or some like new writers, they're on the other end of the spectrum where all they want to do is write 20 different books on 20 different topics. So they want to do a children's book, a romance novel, a book about motorhomes, and then a book about spending time with their grandparents. What kind of advice do you have for people that want to write on so many disparate topics?
2: So first of all, like I said, there's no one size fits all approach. So for the person who does this and realizes that it's an experiment and doesn't put in the expectations that that is in and itself going to lead to huge results, then, then OK. You know, if it's like I'm going to write on a bunch of different topics to see what does well, and then when I see something that's doing well, then I'm going to go all in there. Or I'm going to write on these different topics because it's just kind of fun for me or whatever. Just understand, manage the expectations accordingly and that spreading oneself out into all these different topics limits the the momentum that can be generated compared to really going in and diving uh, deep into one particular area. So it's not – Right or wrong, it's just a certain approach with a certain outcome. And uh, I would really ask: For what purpose is this person doing it? What are their goals? What is this a short-term thing to kind of figure out what they want to do, and then they can go in deeper? Or is that their overall business strategy? What you know? How is that going to work for them? You know? So there's ways to make it work. And uh, what I would say is that ultimately, you can if you're going to launch a rocket if you try to launch 20 different rockets and you only put you know a small amount of fuel into each one so each one goes up you know 100 feet and then it comes crashing back to the ground Well, is that as effective as putting all the fuel into one rocket and getting it actually out of the atmosphere to, you know, break the Earth's gravity so you actually, you know, accomplish something with it. So book launches and a business, a lot of times it kind of is an all or nothing thing. If it doesn't hit a certain threshold or a certain amount of momentum, just not gonna see the kind of results that you can expect. And so that's on a book by book basis with a launch, that's also on an overall business basis. So that doesn't have to be done right away, though, with the first book. So once again, if it's testing out different things or if it's just what a person enjoys doing or certain genres lend themselves to sort of like the the one off type of book, then, okay, great. But if the person is going, why am I not seeing much momentum? Why am I not getting a lot of traction? Why is nothing really building up or going anywhere? Then I would say, well, obviously it's because it's, it might be because it's spread out so thin.
0: I want to thank you uh, so much for spending some of your precious time with us. I know that your time is so valuable and I know my audience is going to love hearing about this. Now we have a special gift for everyone that they can grab at servitomaster.com backslash Derek which is D-E-R-E-K. Can you tell people a little bit about your uh, special book? I believe it's called Why Authors Fail?
2: Yeah. So this book is what I wrote after not only my own experiences, but working. I've had uh, well over a thousand students by the time I wrote this book, gone through my original training course. And so I looked at what a lot of authors and self-published authors in particular were doing that were keeping them from, from being successful. And it was partly born out of frustration where i would see self published authors doing so many things right but they'd have one or two little like missing links in their plan and then i'd look at it and I'd be like okay there's no way their book is is going to sell and all they got to do is is tweak you know maybe just a couple different things and so they were frustrated because they didn't know why they weren't successful and i was frustrated because i i didn't want to see other authors failing or struggling needlessly. So I wrote the book Why Authors Fail and it's the 17 biggest mistakes I see self-published authors make that sabotage their success. So I cover the mistakes and then of course I cover how to fix them in the book, which you can get for free at that link.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for having to spend time with us, Derek. It's awesome to have you on this episode.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.
0: You've just listened to another amazing episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe and we'll be back tomorrow with another amazing episode.